0: you're just on about it give you in the whore. i don't know think it means what you think it means by the way you know when you're when you're telling these little stories you have a big mouth here's a good idea what are you even talking about have a point why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers it makes it so much more interesting for the listener i don't think she slept at all all night long oh so uh, it, she's, yeah yeah she she was exhausted this morning okay i'm i'm used
1: to her like Bumping into me and pretty much saying, like, play with me. Body
0: checking. Why are you not playing with me? Yeah. <sighs> Although she doesn't cry like that. But um, Okay, so you were... I cut you off because I wanted to hear this on the podcast. Um, you were about to explain to me what net neutrality is and how it might affect us as...
1: Well, this is, like, whatever. affecting the United States right now. The CRTC is still protecting... Uh, net neutrality at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah. But I don't even know what it is. So uh, Canadian or yeah, Canadian government tends to follow the, the same footsteps, steps as American government. It's kind of worrisome
0: in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So what let's, let's start at the beginning. What is net neutrality? Uh, net neutrality is, um, well, currently it, it it's laws that don't allow internet service providers to block content or to slow down certain or b- even boost certain content. Gotcha. Uh, okay. For any reason. Um, so the, the, currently there's a bunch of rules that say that you and I, if we purchase an internet package, we're going to get the same speed tr- going to Facebook as we would t- uh, to Netflix or YouTube or Whatever website we want to go to, we get the same speed regardless. Right. Okay. Um, like the government says, you're not allowed to change speeds. Okay. Uh, th- this guy, he's like the chairman of the FCC in the States. Hmm. And there's two other guys who are voting with him. Uh, he wants to change that so that... Uh, like Comcast and all these internet service providers get to decide uh, what content, like a lot of it is like, they want to block websites. They want to like, they say it's not going to happen, but at the end of the day, if Comcast has their own like Netflix competing things, yeah, they're going to slow down Netflix and boost their service. Gotcha. Um, There's also talk about how they're going to cable-fy the internet. So, like, if you want to play video games online, you'll have to buy the video game package. If you just want to watch YouTube, you'll have to buy the YouTube package. Uh,
0: That seems ridiculous.
1: Well, it is ridiculous. And, like, there have been, like, 200 million comments or something like that to the FCC saying, do not touch the net neutrality laws, right? And they are ignoring that. They're they're ignoring the American people. So, are they actually going through with these changes? Uh, a vote is happening here right away. Okay, where five members have to vote. Right, uh, and it's already known that three of those members are going to vote to kill the current net neutrality laws
0: and allow and allow corporations,
1: corporations to, to to do assen- their thing. essentially essentially enact their argument is that it will increase competition but in the united states there's so many places where people have no choice as to their internet service providers
0: yeah so it even hasn't been that long since we've had a choice in canada well uh
1: canadian internet sucks Uh, in comparison yeah Like, Americans have access to more things than we do over the internet. And uh, it is... I I just watched a video yesterday where a guy was talking about how Canada has a huge piracy problem, and it's true because Canadians do pirate a lot of stuff. But the reason we pirate so much is because we don't have access to services that we would otherwise pay for, like HBO uh, the only way to get HBO in Canada is you have to buy a cable package and then buy the channel package that gives you HBO. Right. Uh, so that'll it cost you like $60 just for those very specific things, just to get one channel. And you don't even get to decide what you watch when you watch it. Uh, it's just whatever HBO channel is showing at the time. Gotcha. Whereas in the States, you can pay $15 a month and get access to all of HBO's shows and stream them whenever you want. So, you know, like Canadians are pirating HBO shows because they don't have access to them. They don't have streaming services that allow them to buy it. Like, I'm not going to pay $60 for to watch a show or something like that that's on a, a channel or something like that. I don't even really watch TV to begin with,
0: but. HBO allows you to subscribe directly from their website now in Canada.
1: Hmm. Oh. Uh, th-
0: there was a point where you couldn't. So maybe nope. they, nope. maybe You're right. it's changed. You're right. It has to go through, it has to go through a cable provider. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. See, so. That's retarded.
1: So. Yeah, there's all these, like, there are cable companies here trying to change rules for our net neutrality laws to, they say, to block piracy sites. Yeah. And that's just so that they can force you to go into these things. Like, oh, man, I wish the government would just allow American companies to, like, American service providers to come into Canada. Because then your bells and your shaws and stuff will actually have to change their packages and actually provide something competitive. Because currently they don't. They work with each other to have the same prices as one another for the same stuff.
0: I don't know, man. There's lots of antitrust legislation that... um, Anti-collusion. I think that's called collusion. Um, I don't think that's... It's uh, there have been evidence
1: that those companies like they do have meetings with each other, huh?
0: Not enough to charge them with under federal probably law. not, yeah.
1: I'm, but yeah, I'm not happy with those providers, and I if I had a choice, I would actually pick a provider that was actually competitive instead of, you know, the same thing with a different logo on top of it. Right.
0: Right. Well, what is, what is a, uh, Comcast? Um, there is a Comcast Canada. Uh,
1: Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I just know they're like a TELUS or like that kind of a company. Yeah. In the States where they provide like television and internet. Um, Just like might a also...
0: Rogers or... A... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's... But Bell's is currently putting a push to... For this anti-piracy uh, organization right. to try and block piracy. And the CRTC is currently saying, you can't do that because it breaks net neutrality laws. But Hmm. I'm kind of worried about the FCC thing that's going on because if they manage to destroy net neutrality in the States, I'm sure Canada will follow. don't mean
0: to, um, interrupt to, no, no, to, (laughs) to disagree. I'm just looking at a Comcast, um, pricing guide. And for internet and TV combined, um, it's eighty dollars a month for your first two years. And then, of course, the price I'm sure would go up. Um, but change that over to Canadian prices, that's no different than that's no different than Bell or Shaw. Uh,
1: no, I'm, right? I'm, I'm sure it's no different, but. In I mean, the States, though, it, like a huge part of it is like Comcast is the only company for like huge spans of uh, yeah. area, whereas like Verizon will have their own huge, vast, vast areas, the very areas. And yeah. like these companies actually talk to each other saying, oh, we'll, we'll not go into your, your, territory. your territory. Yeah. You stay out of our territory. We'll keep our prices relatively the same as one another. Yeah. <sighs> and buy out any company or any uh anybody who wants to build their own networks. I mean, the same thing happens so here in expensive. Canada.
0: Yeah. Um it's a it's a tough thing to um not the net neutrality thing. I mean, that's that's basically that's basically a free speech yeah um, well, that that's the argument for argument, it right is,
1: like you are taking away freedom of choice freedom of speech because mm. if you get rid of these laws like the government or whoever can decide what content you're allowed to look at right. and if they don't agree with like if it's a heavy political website that is that the company doesn't agree with they can just make it not available. TELUS has even done it. Um, TELUS blocked, uh, they used to, yeah. well, they blocked a, a union site when there was a bunch of TELUS workers unionizing or something like that. <laughs>
0: that was a long, that was a long time ago. I th- I, yeah, but it was did it, happen.
1: Hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure it did happen. It might've happened. I, w-
0: I wouldn't be surprised. Um, TELUS is an American company too anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I
1: understand why a company is anti-union, because that, that's bad for them.
0: Yeah, unions are good for employees, usually. Bad for business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bad for industries. Shit, just look at the auto industry, how the uh, Canadian auto workers have kicked the snot out of consumers. Car prices? Yeah.
1: I don't buy cars. Yeah. And that's part of the reason. (laughs) Because the price is too high and I don't I don't see the point in owning a car.
0: All that expense when there's so many other things to Well,
1: the thing is if you buy a brand new car, like you buy it for what, like twenty, thirty thousand dollars and like a couple years later it's worth (laughs) ten.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, the vehicle is not a not a good investment strategy, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, like that's that's a big
0: thing about me is
1: if it doesn't retain its value, or <clears throat> at the very least, it has to have a slow depreciation rate. Right. If it has a quick depreciation rate, I don't
0: like the idea of spending money on it. Yeah, well, I mean, it all comes down to, to, to value, right? Because there's there's it holds holds true in in what we do in the studio too. Do you need to take that? No. Is that a phone call you need to answer?
1: That was the missus, but I'm pretty what sure she
0: realized that uh, yeah.
1: Oh no, it was a phone call. Oh, okay. But it only rang twice, so I'm sure she she realized like oh, he's probably yeah.
0: podcasting. <laughs> she doesn't know our schedule. Um shit, I got this. Oh yeah, uh so that the same kind of thing, the, the whole value retention or value for expense um is something that i mean our whole industry of recording and mixing and blah 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 um struggles with a lot mm-hmm. plugins for example they do not hold their value they have no
1: no i mean they're, they're, but they are significantly cheaper than their uh, their analog counterparts that right which do, is depending
0: on which ones you buy keep their value which is why which is why um the the value um is is worthwhile taking that back to the car thing there are arguments to be made that that over the life of a car the value of that car can be can be quantified um as being worthwhile for the expense. Now, most cases you can't make that the, you can't make that argument that car is more of a luxury, but oftentimes, I mean, a vehicle for faster transportation or for, um, extenuating circumstances, uh, or lots of, I mean, even just, I had the truck for eight years and, what I paid for it versus what I sold it for and then factor in all of the cost of maintaining it. That truck proved incredibly valuable and uh, numerous times throughout its lifetime. I'm sure I just right now. Now if you're, j- if you're just looking at, at money in versus money out, I lost 12 grand on the truck. Yeah. Right. Uh, but over the course of its lifetime, it definitely proved to, to have value. Yeah, it's fair. I just,
1: I don't see the point in going in debt for something like that. I'm very yeah. also like debt averse. I don't try to be in debt for very much money. Except for um for uh, music gear. Thing is, is I only owe like 500 bucks in music gear right now. Yeah, but what was,
0: what were you at?
1: At my worst, I was at four grand. There you go. But like a part of that is why I'm so debt adverse is because I got in trouble when I was like four (laughs) grand in debt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also like student loans and stuff like that is also like, I don't know, it's taught me about loaning money. And
0: do you feel like as a, I know you did the pixel blue course, um, which is significantly different than a lot of music production courses. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may not be a fair comparison, but do you feel like the debt you went into to do the Pixel Blue course, to do the your audio production course, was a worthwhile debt?
1: Uh, it has paid for itself. Okay. Like the education I gained from there right. has led to me getting work that has gained me more money than I have spent on the education on the education itself okay I just haven't paid it completely off yet is all yeah it's but it's like probably like within a year of being paid off right like 300 bucks or something like that (laughs) nice for for that education at least as far as I know I'd I don't think there's any other loans out. Hmm. But that was a, a huge reason why I chose that was the price too. Um 6-month course, like that's a semester. Yeah. So 15,000 versus 50,000. <laughs> yeah, right? Like yeah, I don't know. I got a lot out of it. Um I'm sure majority of the people that were in my class didn't get anything near that out of it. But they were also that kind of like group of people who just went in it because, oh, music's cool. Right. Whereas I went in it being like,
0: I want to do this. Mm -hmm. That's why I was like top of my class and stuff like that. So That's a big division with a lot of students, I imagine in this type of program Hmm. well there's too many students that enter in those
1: programs just being like from what I've seen it's either oh I kind of like music but I don't know anything about it so let's be an engineer despite the fact that an engineer has to be like incredibly smart in terms of the music world yeah Um,
0: absolutely having a music background or
1: they're of the mindset of, Oh, I admire this producer. He makes millions. So it must be easy money being a producer. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> if only it worked that way.
1: Um, well, and then they, they learn what kind of workload you have to put in to make just minimum wage. And then they, they, They leave and they Mm. go to jobs that are easier to make money.
0: Right. Because for most of those people, the money is more important than the, whatever they're doing.
1: Well, no one who goes into the music business thinking they're going to make money
0: last longer than
1: a year. Nobody. That's
0: fair. That's fair.
1: Like not unless you're like one of those people who are like investing money in bands and stuff, but like Mm. a lot of those guys, they already have a lot of money. And they know that their ROI on investing in music is going to be low, if anything. So, Then why do they keep investing? Well, some of those guys just enjoy music and maybe they like this band, so they loan them money from what I've seen. Okay. Or, like, having the idea of... Hell, there's probably people out there with money who just, like, the bragging rights of being like, oh, yeah, I own a part of this record label. (laughs) I'm sure there's some of that. Mm. But if you don't have money and you're going into music to make money, like, get the fuck out. Because it's not there. Right. Especially
0: these days. I don't know. There's a... <clears throat> there's a there's a lot of talk the last year about about the music industry making more money than well, it ever has it before. is making
1: more money but prices for everything is gone significantly down to what's what they once were right like and you and i our prices would probably be radically different if the industry was still going strong like it was in the 80s or the 90s even right 20 years ago like i probably wouldn't be working at long mcquade i probably have my own studio
0: but instead, I work at Long McQuaid. Or even you'd, or, or even we'd both be working at a bigger studio as staff members.
1: Yeah, something like that mm-hmm. probably would likely happen. But because prices for everything have gone down, and it, uh, price of entry has gone down, because you can buy yep. like an interface for two hundred bucks instead of paying thousands of dollars for for the same a basic recording setup. So, you yeah. know, there's a lot of people willing to spend the 200 bucks to do a bad job of
0: recording their own music. Right. So. Right. And then that, <clears throat> that, that big pie is being split many different, uh, even more different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you say, that price of entry
1: is yeah, so low. Price of entry is so low that there are a lot of people who are getting into the industry Mm-hmm. Uh, because it costs them very little to tell people that they're an engineer or a producer. Right. And so, you know, the industry is growing, sure, but the amount of people are also growing that are in it, and thus, you know.
0: And less money to go around.
1: Well, th- no, th- there's more money going around. It's more just money going around, smaller but Smaller portions of. Less uh, money per person. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. per capita is probably just down. Yeah, probably the sense. way to word that. Yeah. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I, I think it's cool that so much mm-hmm. music can be released nowadays and there isn't any of this whole, you have to chase after people with money
0: and convince them to spend money on you. Right, right. Um. Friday night, I went to a... Um, uh, Nathaniel Sutton hosted a, uh, just put on a concert sound, sounded kind of last minute. Um, had something like seven or eight artists come and do acoustic type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, went and I saw, I don't know. I think I saw four or five of them. Um, funny enough, I left right before Nathaniel got on stage. Um, but uh, found a found an artist that I really enjoyed. Really great singer, um, good guitar player. But did um, most of the guitar playing sounded pretty similar. Oh, okay, hard to hard to get over that when it, all you have is an acoustic guitar. Um, uh, connected with her through email. Found out, you know. Bandcamp and Spotify and iTunes and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Realized that I really liked her recordings as well. And so I've asked for I've asked for a CD. Like I want a CD. Right. And it was a really sad moment when I found her website and realized that there's no she doesn't specifically have CDs or something like that for sale. Um, and it got me thinking. It spent spent all week thinking, um, especially because I'm, I'm ready to send my own music out into the world again. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of physical product. You and I are a little more old school. Mm-hmm. Um, me more so than you.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I come from, I know what tapes are. I was young when those were right. A thing, but like probably the lifespan of CDs is like my childhood. Yeah. Uh, CDs were on the way out by the time I was like graduating high school Mm -hmm. or something like that. That's when like MP3 players were starting to come out and you can have three records on an MP3 player and people thought it was great. And then, the iPad or yeah, iPad. No, iPod. 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 Yeah, yeah.
0: That that was out roughly when I was graduating too. So, I took that this thought process that I'm going through, and last week listening to the Bobby Yosinski podcast, um, he was talking about how, um, again, I, I think this is the second time he's brought it up, but he had new data and new sources last week that suggested. Um, records are also going to decline in sales despite hitting higher sales yep. um they will and so <clears throat>
1: so it's a fad currently and, and it, as soon as that fad is over, uh 45s and 33s or whatever are yeah. going to
0: to fall. so like, whats'll the be physi- back to what they were if you I want you to put on your pr- prognosticating hat. What? What?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't think I've heard that word before? So I'm not prognostication? sure. Prognostication? It yeah. Um, it's uh, um, telling the future. Tell okay. The future. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to look into the future. What is going to be the physical product of the future? Because I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in in t-shirts or hats or whatever. Um, I think
1: that would be the physical product, if any. That's Would be, like, your T-shirts or, like, just band logo things. Right. That'll be the stuff that fans will buy. I don't think CDs are going to, like... CDs will exist, but it would be for that niche market, and it will be only the people who have enough of an audience that they can justify spending whatever the cost is for right. X amount of CDs that they know they'll probably sell majority of that. So even if you're so like, I think it's stupid for bands to do physical products. I know do physical product. Yeah. Cause um, you're spending money for something that people don't want <laughs> or majority of people don't want. Fair enough.
0: Um, but there has to be, maybe this is just me wanting something physical to hold in my hands there has to be some sort of thing that that is the the cd jacket or the record sleeve equivalent cuz that's ultimately maybe a download like, card a uh, download card but but nobody wants
1: those either maybe like I, I, I People guess. don't want files on their computers either. Like they're going to streaming because it's a much more convenient.
0: Yeah. Store it, store it on someone else, store it in the cloud rather than on your own hard drive.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. you have
0: that space for something else. For all your pictures, which end up in the cloud and then end up all over the internet. Yeah. Well. So, so is there, is there no, am, am I really just aging myself
1: I think there will be physical product. Like bands will release CDs or vinyls or whatever, but it will be a small part of how they make money. A majority of their money will probably be T-shirts or hats or like the guy from uh, what's that band's name again? I don't know. Some metal band, but Mm. he, yeah, he's really big into the the metal scene. Um, He wrote a book where he, said something along the lines of all I am is a glorified t-shirt salesman.
0: Right. Um, radio radiohead used to call their music videos commercials. They are commercials. Yeah.
1: They still are commercials. You're trying to get people to listen to your other songs through this one, one video. Of course, I don't really watch music videos. I usually, if I put a music video on, I, I put it on, and then I'm doing something else. You're
0: listening to it instead, yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah. that's just the kind of listener I am. Uh, but yeah, they are commercials to try and convince people to listen to your other songs.
0: Mm-hmm. So, are we going to? Are we going to in thirty years? not have record collections anymore. And, and by record, uh-huh. I mean just like physical collections. It's already happening. Well, I, I know, but I mean, there's, there's, we're still in that transition where older generation still values having something on their shelf and younger generation is certainly moving away from that. Mm-hmm. But is that, is that actually where we're headed? Where, where there is no physical collection anymore anymore? And it's just a database on your computer.
1: Yeah. I, I. Well, it'll be a database in the cloud and you'll have your favorites is where it's right, going. Right. Yeah. And you'll just be streaming it. I'm probably paying extra money for
0: that service because net makes neutrality me, will be dead. That makes me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like your are you're. you're <laughs> You're streaming from our competitors, so yeah. um, <clears throat> that makes me really nervous for a lot of a lot of things, because um, in the grand scheme of in the grand scheme of it, cl- cloud-based storage is super new, huh? especially you know Spotify has been has been teetering on the on the brink of not being a thing anymore. Um, Apple music and Google are giants and that service in in Asia is a giant, but that puts them in total control of what they keep on the cloud, right? What they hang on to. If, sure. If a, if an artist decides I don't want to pay that, that regular fee to keep my stuff on iTunes or to keep my stuff on uh, whatever. But Is it going to disappear? No. And, and and what happens what happens to all of the stuff that isn't up there? Is all that going to disappear?
1: But you have things like Bandcamp and stuff that like Bandcamp will probably evolve to be uh probably a streaming service and they will specialize yeah. in the independent, independent artist stuff. Yeah. and stuff like that. And they'll probably have like a paid subscription so that you don't have to listen to commercials or something like that. Much like Spotify, Much like what Spotify is yeah. But they will be putting their focus on the independent artist, whereas Spotify Spotify doesn't currently play favorites. But like obviously, the yeah. general population listens to the stuff that's currently on the radio. Right. And is billboard charting and whatever. And so like, it's obviously skewed towards that, um, Mm -hmm. that side of things. So like your Spotify's will be the more mainstream music and then your band camps will still exist. Like, like even if the artist says, Oh, I don't want to be on Spotify. Cause it costs too much for me to be on there. There's going to be another service because there's going to be people that see a gap in the market and open that
0: up. But that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm worried won't actually happen,
1: but it will. Are you sure? Yeah. Cause if you see a gap in the, the market and you can build a structure, like in this case, a website or a streaming service or something that caters to that market, like it might not make a whole lot of money, mm. but there's a gap there, and if you're the first to like harness that that niche market, like you're going to make more money than the guys who see your success and try to follow you. Right. That's why Spotify is so popular because they were the first to harness that streaming market mm-hmm. in a in a at least a, a, a large
0: capacity. Is it possible that music? As a, as a gift, we're coming up to Christmas here. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that music as a gift is a thing of the past? I think so. That makes me sad too.
1: Like I said, the, there still will be physical products. It's just it will be a niche market. Much like, like uh, vinyl was before. Uh, and, and I mean, it still is a niche market.
0: Well, uh, when you say vinyl was before, I mean, are you going back to the eighties?
1: No eighties. It was like the main thing. Eighties and earlier. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking like maybe the nineties when CDs were Mm. the thing that everybody bought. Right. Like how many people were buying vinyl? Just the people who really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot. Um, that that's, what's going to happen. Right uh there might be in the future there might be uh things where like people say oh CDs were cool let's and they were pretty high quality let's ha- let's buy CDs again much like how we have the vinyl, the vinyl resurgence going on right now like the same thing will probably happen to CDs at some point right so i guess like, I, I think there'll always be a physical product.
0: It just will be a niche market. So ignoring the, if we ignore your advice, that local bands or small bands shouldn't invest in physical product. I don't think they should. Right. Ignoring that <laughs> for those of us that really want a physical product, even if it's just for ourselves or for the hardcore fans or whatever what would you say is the right one to go vinyl like you know mm-hmm. if 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 a band could do like 20 copies of vinyl and give them out as as um you know collectors editions to their hardcore fans mm-hmm. or something you know, or I, I think that's cool see-
1: and like i don't think that they should mm-hmm. go with high print numbers or anything like that like mm-hmm. if you can if you can have 20 vinyl records printed out at a at a good cost a that's cost, not yeah. going to like and then you can sell it for at least some profit hopefully mm-hmm. I, I would hope that the band could um mm-hmm. i think that's great i think you should do it Okay. But if the vinyl press is saying oh you have to print a thousand for or or else it's not viable, like the mm. price that you would have to release it out doesn't pay for itself after like right. I don't know. If you need to print five hundred in order to make a twenty percent profit margin, like that's a bad investment. Don't do that. Don't do that unless you have 500 pre sold basically, but 20% margin is pretty shit, too. You should be trying for something higher than that, closer to 50%. Yeah,
0: especially in music. Um,
1: well, generally anything like that, that's how it works. Like, yeah, 30 to 50% margin is what most places charge, right? So you should be aiming for that with your music. If, if, if it, if you're not getting that kind of margin, you shouldn't be investing in that. But if you're doing something because uh, you have fans that really enjoy it and you can pre-sell it and you're not making much and you're just doing it for your fans, I, I can't fault somebody for doing that. Right. Do it. But if, recommend- if that's what, what you think is necessary for for your fans and you're just doing it for the love of those people who support you. Right. But if you are looking at the strict business end of things, if you're nah, that it, it doesn't make sense. Gotcha. Okay. When you can spend less. Like how much does it cost to be on Spotify? Like, like even know. if it, it costs it can be a lot. Like 10 bucks a year or something like that or no, that's say 20 bucks a year. I'm that that's that's nothing in comparison to what it will cost you to print about like a hundred CDs right I'm sure because I'm I I don't know what the cost of printing CDs is anymore but
0: yeah it starts at four or five dollars a disc and goes down as you have more printed
1: okay yeah so already it's it's better costly yeah profit margins to be on a streaming service.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean like the, from a, from a profit driven perspective, there is no doubt that, that digital delivery is the best way to go because physical, physical product costs has an investment cost that is way higher yeah. than, than, I mean, shit, CD baby is like 50 bucks American and it puts you everywhere. One time fee.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, there's also Discog Kid or whatever,
0: Disco, uh, Distro Kid. Yeah. Um, TuneCore, TuneCore
1: um, is like per release
0: though. Yeah, but that's 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 the same with with um, with Distro Kid and, and okay. same with with CD Baby and yeah. And, uh, I right, mean, you're right. always going to pay something, but yeah, <clears throat> but it but, is so much more. That's 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 fifty bucks to be everywhere instead of instead of costing you $500 for yeah. 400 CDs.
1: And if your music is any CDs. good, the ROI will pay itself off within a year, probably. If you're out there pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I would hope that, that like I'm thinking of the, in the perspective of somebody who is trying to make a career out of this, that, so they should be yeah, pushing their music so that that investment of $50 should pay itself off in a year. Yeah. If you're not pushing it like it should pay itself off in 4 or 5 years, I think in my opinion. <laughs> Otherwise don't do it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. If, if you love music, do whatever you want. Like if you if you know you're not going to make money, just do it. And you're just doing it cuz you
0: want to show people your stuff. Do it. Right. Yeah, I, I I think as an, as an artist, irrelevant of, of the money. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. But if you're doing this uh, for a living type of thing and you don't think the record's good enough to make that initial investment back, like you you need another reason for wanting to do it. Right. Or else you shouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I've been stuck with this whole physical product thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had it in my head that I was gonna make a whole bunch of CDs. Not a whole bunch. When I say a whole bunch, I was gonna make like I was gonna make like a hundred at the at at the utmost. You'll probably be sitting on most of those. Well, but the idea was the idea was I was gonna give away most of them. Okay. You know, and and I had I had over fifty ish that I was gonna give away. Totally an investment in in um you know everything from christmas gifts to sending out to radio stations and so on and so forth sure. um right yeah. but then then the whole the whole concept of the cd as a disappearing medium
1: well like uh epks like yeah they don't most people who ask for those don't want a cd they Right. They want
0: a link to your music.
1: They don't want a CD.
0: As it turns out, I got a list here of, um, who was I talking to? Um, Valerie been on the show a few times. She, uh, she's been hired by, hell is it? She's been hired by a, um, here we go. She's been hired by a, an artist down in Red Deer. Mm -hmm. To help get his, his, um, his current song is a Christmas song. Okay. Um, and so over the last month, she's been, she's been helping him out, helping him out networking and she's ran into a number of internet radio stations and satellite radio stations and, um, physical radio station or physical terrestrial radio stations. Um, uh, some music magazines that she's talked to and more Often than not, she's been saying they want actual physical CDs, which is something she didn't expect at all.
1: I mean, if they ask for them, I, heck, maybe yeah. they're asking for physical CDs so that they can um, weed out the the guys who are just spamming them with links. That could be. That would that be my barrier, speculation barrier as to what's entry. going on. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't imagine you need to have like a professional-looking CD it could be just a burnt CD maybe maybe I, I don't know
0: yeah it's a yeah it's a tricky thing
1: i probably need to i s- mean just do whatever the people ask for if they're asking for CDs give them CDs if they're mm. asking for a link give them a link right uh, i just I know from listening to a bunch of podcasts with like people who work at like people who work at, um, record labels interviewing and stuff like a lot of them say, don't fucking send me your CDs. I have shit (laughs) tons. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want anymore. I don't even look at them.
0: Shelves upon shelves of unlistened to CDs. They're just coasters. Yeah. Right. Although those are cooler coasters.
1: These are actual coasters. Yeah. Instead of like CDs
0: that somebody's using as coasters. Yeah. (laughs) yeah um had an interesting weekend Had a band in this weekend that three of the four members of the band were really well prepared came in knew their stuff played really efficiently knew what they wanted to sound like and the fourth guy well, plus they had a guest. That's an interesting thing too. The fourth guy couldn't play to a metronome to save his life. Okay. Um, they, The rest of the band has already agreed that the budget needs to go up because...
1: Lack guy, of metronome?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they did all their scratch tracking um, to metronome. Um, they did, did a whole bunch of pre-production at home. Okay. And so they came in, they came in really well prepared and the songs are well written and, and well thought out too. Um, it was just this, this one individual, one guy that really, really struggled. Um, and it got to a point, it got to a point where I just started looking back at the, at the producer and I'm like, are you happy with that yet? I don't think it's getting any better. How about now? Are you happy with that one? Whew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So much so that one of the songs, one of the songs they're considering going back to the, um, the demo drums that they recorded at home, kick, snare, and overheads. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was a, it was a different drummer that, um, that could play to a metronome.
1: How does a drummer not,
0: ah, oh, that, they... That's irritating. It's the, your job. One of, the, I, um, I, mean, I mean, he was, he was really dedicated in the studio, to keep working at it, and he was willing to just work uh, like like play as long as it took to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're, when I, you're trying I, to get two songs done in two days. Um, okay. Yeah. Fair, but
1: at the same time, like. Come on, you're a drummer. Like when you were learning how to play, you should have been practicing to a metronome because your job is to be the metronome.
0: But too many guys listen to Dave Grohl and say, "Ah oh, man, you don't play to a metronome. You gotta have you gotta have the freedom to be able to speed up and slow down when you want." Yeah, but Dave Grohl I, I know, can I know. actually
1: play to a metronome. I know,
0: <laughs> but it's it's that kind of thing that filters down to amateurs like us that. That make them think, hey, if Dave Grohl says I don't need to, then I clearly don't need to.
1: But that's what distinguishes the professional from the amateur. Because the professional, they might have the same opinion, but they've probably played to a metronome so much that they don't need a metronome. They just know, oh, you want me to play at 120? Okay. And they're consistent with their speed. And thus, you, they don't need a metronome to, yep. to play.
0: So yeah, I don't know. It was um, it was, I don't want to say it was frustrating because, um, after we did sound check, um, I fought a lot with the drum sounds. Mm-hmm. Longest sound check on drums I've done in, all, in a long in, couple of years. Um after that, it I had the drummer pretty well figured out, at least ex- expectation wise mm. um so my expectations weren't super high with him um and it was I don't i I, I did really just leave it in the producer's hands like how far do you want to push this guy? How many times do you want this guy to do this? You know, how much do you want to fix in editing?
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds great that the guy was working by yeah. the sounds of it. He was working his ass off to try and provide a,
0: and he was, something. But it, it, it was, just, it was the prep time. Right. Yeah. Um, I, at one point I even asked if, um, if he had, cause I know this drum set that we had in the studio, um he, they brought from their jam space which is not at the drummer's home okay apparently they only rehearse or jam once or twice a week okay so I, at at some point i asked you know Do
1: you does ask? this
0: guy have a kit at home that he practices on daily or does he just play once or twice a week right um and and i um the producer thought that it might just be the kit at the jam space which is which makes it even tougher to 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 nail things because if you're only playing you know a couple times a week and what are jams rehearsals for a lot of guys an hour hour and a half maybe right sounds short but I yeah. also, well, majority of the bands I've
1: been in were more, more leaning to, well, I don't know if the other members were serious, but <laughs> everybody would talk about, oh, we're going to go on tour and stuff. So it was like kind of understood that you need to be in the space for like three hours or whatever, right. like going through the songs and fixing mistakes when they happen.
0: Yeah. Well, um, these guys also brought in a guest vocalist. Um, they had this one song where they were going for kind of a kind of a creepy. Um, uh, I think the song, was kind of about death. Okay. Um, so they brought in this this uh, pop singer from the eighties who went on to be an actor following his pop singer career. Hmm. Um, and you could tell that he was, that he was something back in the day, but the guy guy was probably, if I had to guess, I'd say he was in his eighties. Okay. Um, buddy, based on the stories of how much drug use he went through, <laughs> he could have very well just been in his sixties. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but super great guy. Um, was uh was really creative in and expressive in. They wanted to do kind of a Vincent Price, okay. thriller yeah. kind of. But but as an intro instead of instead of at the end of the song, right. And uh, and that turned out really cool. Um, it's got this creepy, breathy. Um, dramatic introduction to the song mm-hmm. and, and then the guy <clears throat> we'd screwed up the timing of the of the of the beginning of the song because we we had to extend it to fit in all the words they wanted to say, but screwed up the timing. And so on the very first take, he ended early and then had this and then realized he was early, let out this, maniacal cackle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was just it was hilarious and so appropriate that we ended up keeping it through all the through all the takes and and uh made sure to to use that right before the vocals came in. Um and so it turned out really good. But they also wanted him, because he's a former singer, former frontman, they also wanted him to sing on a whole bunch of the song. Okay. <clears throat> And call it the super moon on Sunday, um, or full moon or whatever effects they, they were claiming that the sky was being heavily influenced by the moon. Okay. But the rest of it was just a, just a big write-off and we, we ended up. Yeah, I, I know it, it, it happens. Everybody had fun. Um, probably close, probably up to the last half hour or so. Um, where guys were starting to get frustrated that it wasn't going as smoothly as they'd hoped. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a struggle f- to get timings down and to get proper pitch down and, and the guy would hate the sound of his voice and that the tone that he was using super frustrating that whole process again, like they just kept, they just kept hammering at it. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's stop and talk about it. Let's try it again. It got to a point. I just started turning to the producer and like, you're going to have to make the call on this. Cause I don't know. Take to take. I don't think anything's getting better. That was almost half a day just to, uh, just to this one guy. Okay. Yeah. That was not nearly as exciting of a story as it was in my head that's okay <clears throat> um, we're coming up to uh, oh um, remember that that uh, that thing that I was talking to you about last week that was supposed to be coming in uh, this week uh, yeah um, it did not arrive yesterday someone screwed up the address oh great and so I, I gotta go hunting for it this afternoon
1: so it's somewhere here in the city, somewhere here in the city, in some probably warehouse and they won't let you pick it up because they're jerks. Yeah. Well, or at least I, that's been my experience when that has happened to me is like, Oh, it got sent to the wrong address. So now we're sending it back to the sender.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually already put in a, um, a, uh, request, um, on it yesterday to find out, um. Uh, here it is. Okay. As of nine fifty four, so an hour ago, held at terminal. Hold for pickup.
1: Okay. Well, there you, know. you go. Yeah. At least you can go pick it up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, last time that happened to me, they were sending it back to the sender, and I had like gotten through like customer service just for them to just be like, "Oh, there's nothing we can do," and like it's just like. I will drive to wherever it is mm-hmm. right now and get
0: it. That's that's one of the greatest things about about these um, this online tracking availability to see things mm-hmm. as they're happening. When y- y- it was supposed to show up yesterday, yeah. and it was on a truck. Um, according to the timestamp online, it was on the truck uh, about eight thirty yesterday morning. Uh, I expected it sometime early sometime in the morning yeah reasonably but then as I'm as I dropped off my rent check yesterday because I'd forgotten to give it on Friday Um, I see they had a parcel sitting on their desk from that delivery service and, and my um, my landlord just across the parking lot right right so I'm like okay I should I should check into this I log back into the online tracking and sure enough, two hours earlier from when I dropped off my check they had logged it as not able to find address so I'm like okay something, something's, something's got to be wrong I call up customer service and I say I think something's wrong can we look into this they verify my address and sure enough they'd missed a number entirely uh-huh. yeah just a completely wrong address All right. yeah so at least I know where it is now and at least they're letting you pick it up. Yeah, so good timing. I get to master a metal record tomorrow. Oh, fun! That'll be interesting. Using Mastodon as a as a reference. So next oh, week, cool. next week I might have uh, interesting stories about that. More mastering. I guess that's it for this week. We'll uh, catch you all. Follow next our time. hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water.
1: Got that mic in a comfortable spot yet?
0: I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um I realize at the end of this we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go oh, switch off.